Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. I'm going to invite up Pastor Daniel. I don't really have to invite you up, do I? Okay, so you come up. You're going to invite me to sit down, right? All right. Praise God. In... Along the lines of back to school, uh, back to school, back to church month, uh, you know, uh, let me just, how, how do we grow a church? Who, who wants, who thinks this place ought to be full? Okay. About half of you do. The rest of you, maybe you're the ones that are keeping people away. <laughs> Praise God. But, uh. Um, yeah, how is that going to happen? It, you know, um, it happens because you invite people, praise God. And, uh, you know, we used to say something about, you know, try to fill your row, uh, and then we shorten the rows, but that should have made it easier. Okay. So, um, we rearranged the chairs and made the rows shorter. But, uh, you know, we used to talk about, the, you know, who's going to fill their row next Sunday. I think I need to start talking about that again. Um, because, you know, when you invite people to come, you know, and, and uh, hey, if they all want to sit on the same row, we'll move the chairs together and make a long row for you. You know, if, if that makes a difference, you know, that's, uh, um, we want people to come because, um, you know, it's not so important that we have the biggest church in town. It's not so important that we uh, be able to boast about having X number of people in our church, but it's about the fact that every person that comes represents somebody that needs Jesus. Praise God. And so, you know, let's, let's get in gear and let's... Uh, um, Let's bring some people with us. Let's invite some people. Maybe you haven't done that in a while. Go back and, and start doing that again. Praise God. Um, invite those people that, uh, like, like Pastor Jason said earlier, that have been out for a while. And, you know, sometimes people are that, well, they've, I haven't been there in six months, so now I'm embarrassed to go back. Uh, you know, Maybe they need a call from somebody here that says, hey, it's okay. It's all right. Come back. We don't care where you've been. We don't care what you've done. We don't care why you hadn't been here. We don't even care if you left mad. Come back glad. We'll be glad. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, we're going to dismiss our bridge class this morning, and we're going to dig into the Word of God. Hallelujah. Well, this morning I'm going to start talking about something I, I um, um, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll hear a statement that someone says or just a, a comment that someone makes or, or something I see and it begins to, it, it sets off a whole train of, of thought. And uh, so th this came out of... Um, something that I heard along those lines that just kind of started a whole train of thinking for me. And uh, 
I, I really feel like that, that the Lord has wanted to say something to us today. And uh, so, anyway, with that in mind, let's just lift one hand and say this together. Say, Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is spirit and life to me. I believe with all my heart that your word, sown in good ground, produces good fruit. Father, I am good ground for your word. I'm a doer of the word, not a hearer only, and I am blessed in my deeds. And I rejoice today, Father, because you sent the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to me. So I call on you today, Holy Spirit, to do your work in my life, to reveal truth. I'll receive it, act upon it, be changed by it, and I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You know, uh, it, it, as a way of getting started today, um, you know, there are, there are a lot of people that need to get an issue settled in their life. And uh, that issue is that God is God, and because He's God, He has a right to say to you anything He wants to say to you. Okay? Now, He's not going to say, I, I assure you this, He's not going to say anything that's inconsistent with what He's already recorded in the, in the written Word of God. Uh, you know, He's not going to tell you some new thing that, uh, that contradicts what He said before. Uh, but... But God has the right, because He is God, to say anything He wants to say to you. And um, with that in mind, you know, the next thing is we need to, to come to this position and this, this decision that God is always right. God's always right. Until we get that issue settled in our lives, we will always have trouble. You'll always have problems until you come to the place that you say, God is God. He's got a right to say whatever he wants to say, and he's always right. And many people are, you know, they're, they're more interested in finding out, uh, you know, how to, uh, you know, th this is almost epidemic, uh, but, but they want to hear sermons about, uh, okay, how do I get rich? How do I get stuff? How do I, get, how do I talk God into doing things? And, uh, you know, nothing wrong with that, but sometimes we have things in the wrong order. We haven't established that God's always right. And uh, so when we're talking about, okay, how do I get stuff from God? How do I, you know, how do I get God to do things for me? How do I do all? And, and we, what we really need to, to do first is go back and establish this issue that He is God. And um, because the, the thing is, if you have not settled that issue in your life, you're going to always be arguing with him about something. And I hear way too many Christians saying, well, you know, I, I don't think I have to do that to be a Christian. I don't think I have to think that way to be a Christian. I don't think that, you know... Uh, I mean, I, I think that God would understand if I, you know, well, what did he say? What did he say? You know, that, uh, and, and when, but when we're thinking that way, you know, we are trying to conform God to our image rather than letting him conform us to his image. And you get in a bad place when you start trying to conform God to your image or the image of what you think he ought to be. You know, 
I hear people on TV all the time that are, they're, they're saying, well, I think God is this way, and I think God is that way, and, you know, what, well, Jesus would do it this way, and they haven't a clue what Jesus would do. They have no idea what God thinks, how he thinks, how he is. Um, so uh, let me just say this. Are you willing to accept what the Creator said? Are you willing to accept what the Creator said? Many people, they would say yes, but then when the Creator said something that contradicted what they thought or what they wanted, they begin to argue with him. Well, and, you know, I mean, not directly with him, but they'll argue with you that, well, that's not what he meant. That's not what God really, you know, he's really not like that. He would actually be more like me, you know. And so uh, Psalm 119, verse number 128 says, Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. I hate every false way. All your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. And I hate every false way. You see, many people have trouble with their, they have trouble studying the Bible because they keep finding things that, that, they don't consider that God was right about. So they try to, they, they start beginning to reason and trying to figure out why they're right instead of God being right. Instead of just accepting what God said. And so, you know, there there is no point in digging in and trying to find out what God said until you've decided and, and settled that issue that He's right. Why, why do I care what he said if I don't consider him to be right? Why, why would it even matter what he said if I don't think he's right about it? I think I'm right. Well, you know, what we're actually doing when, when we begin to think that way is we are actually creating our own God. We're creating our own God in our mind. Here in Psalm 24, verse number 1, it says this, The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. So God has a right by the fact that he created you. He created all things, so by right of creation, he has the right to say whatever he wants to say. And he doesn't need to consult us about it. He doesn't need to, to get our permission to say certain things. And so, um, you know, many people can never get a revelation from God because a revelation usually means that it's going to go against something you thought before. I mean, by, by virtue of the fact that it is something that is, that is a fresh revelation to you, something new to you, that means it's prob you're probably going to have to change the way you think about something. You know, there have been so many times in my life that I have had to acknowledge I was wrong about that. See, because I settled this issue many, many, many years ago. I don't know everything he said. I don't understand everything he said. But I have settled one thing. He is right. And he has a right. Praise God. Praise God. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 16 says, For by him... All things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities 
or powers or things, uh, all things were created through him and for him. Praise God. So by virtue of being the creator, he's got a right to say whatever he wants to say. And he is all, and whatever he says, he is always right. So when I come to a place of understanding something that he said, if it goes contrary to something I believed before, I have to change. I have to change. He's not going to change. I have to change. You know, let, let's just say this together. Say, say this with me. Say, if God says something, he's right. If it contradicts what I thought, if it contradicts what scientists say, if it contradicts what politicians say, if it contradicts what anybody else says, if it contradicts what my mama said, God is right, and I have to change. Praise God. Praise God. You know what? You're going to probably find out at some time your mama was wrong about something. You know? I mean, she loved you and loves you and wants the best for you, but she's probably wrong about something. You know what? And your kids are probably going to find out the same thing someday. Praise God that you were wrong about something. But if we have settled this issue, now we can dig into the Word of God and find out what it says. But if we haven't settled this issue, all we're going to do is argue with the Scriptures. All we're going to do is start trying to find, you know, uh, there's a, uh, I, I don't know if it's a, uh, is a true story or, or not, but... Uh, uh, it was a famous person, and, and uh, you know, I would have checked this out earlier, except I didn't think of it earlier. I just thought of it right now. But anyway, someone reading, reading the Bible, and this person was, was a, um, you know, not, not really a, a believer, but uh, they were reading the Bible, and someone said, what are you doing? Kent's got it right there. He knows who I'm talking about. What's Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, uh, W.C. Fields, reading the Bible, and uh, Amy Simple McPherson asked what he was doing, and he said, looking for loopholes. See, here's the thing. If you haven't settled this issue that God's always right, you're always going to be looking for loopholes. You're always going to be looking for mistakes. You're always going to think you know better about something. You're always going to be thinking, well, that won't really work. That won't really turn out the way, you know, God, so God said that, but yeah, the, but that don't really work. That's, you know, and if you haven't settled the issue that God is God and God always is right, then you're always going to be arguing with the Scriptures. You're always going to be trying to find a way around and, 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 and loopholes in the, in the Scriptures. But once you've settled this issue that God is right, now you can go and find out what he said. See, there is no point in, in trying to use Scripture to prove something to a person that doesn't believe the Scripture. If you don't believe the Scripture, uh, you know, why do you care what it says? And, and many Christians are trying to use Scripture to prove something to somebody that doesn't believe Scripture. And, uh, you know, let's settle this issue once and for all that God is right and He has a right. Praise God. Now, Exodus chapter 20, verse number 3. Notice this. Ten Commandments, 
it says this, you shall have no other gods before me. Now, I know we're not under law, but under grace, okay? But you're still an absolute fool if you have any other gods before God. You know, there, there are some things that even though we're not under law, but under grace, there are still some things that, you know, it, it's just smart. It is just wise. You know, if you decide I'm not under law, but under grace, so therefore thou shalt not murder doesn't apply to me anymore. Well, you're going to do some time in the penitentiary, you know. And uh, so you probably ought to keep that commandment whether you like it or not. You know, no matter how much you want to kill them, probably not a good idea. Praise God. Praise God. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, when we begin to try to form God into the image of what we want him to be and what we think he should be, that's exactly what we're doing. We are creating our own God and putting our God ahead of God. Now, in Romans chapter 1, verse number 22, here's what he says. He says, they're professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. See, isn't that, what, isn't that what many people have done? They've tried to make a God that is like man, really that's like them. Not just any man, but like them. And it says they've changed the image of the, the incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them over to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now, notice what he said. He said that they have, they have worshipped the creature more than the creator. The creature. That's, that's usually in the context of what we're talking about here. It's usually themselves. They want their own way. They want to believe what they want to believe and be right. You know, in an effort to be right, what many have done instead of changing what they believe to be right, they want to change who God is to make them right. Now, um, after we have settled this issue, we're talking about uh, I titled this message today, and we didn't, we didn't put the, the well, we did, okay, what you really need. And actually, it was what you really, really need, you know, what you really, really need. Because there is an order of priorities in our life. What we really, really need is to acknowledge God is God, first and foremost. Before anything else, we've got to acknowledge He's God. And then secondly... The next most important thing that you establish in your life is who you are. Who is he? And now, who are you? Praise God. Praise God. You know, many people want to jump together uh, ahead to, to look at what can I get. But, but let's get things in the right order. What you really, really need is to establish who God is, and then you need to establish who you are. 
And when you begin to get a grasp on those things, then you can move forward. Then you can begin to progress and find out, uh, you know, what you can have, what, what, you, what belongs to you. What, is, what good does it do to know what is yours in Christ if you don't know you're in Christ? What good does it do to know what belongs to you as a believer in Jesus if you're not a believer in Jesus? What good does it do to know what, uh, what God has made available to you as a new creation if you still think as an old creation? You still think like a like an old uh, the the person that you used to be. See, this is why we've got to renew our minds, and first of all, we've got to change our mind about him. Then we've got to change our mind about us. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Ephesians chapter two, verse number one. It says, and you he made alive. So let, let's take these things real, real slowly. You know, I, I challenged some, some people, and I actually, I've challenged several people with, with something, and I've not had one person actually do what I said yet. Not, not one person. But I, I've challenged people to do this, and, and that is pay attention to what you say about yourself. Get a notebook, make two columns. The left column, write down every time you say, you, you catch yourself saying, well, I am this, or I'm like this, or this is how I am, this is, you know. Write it down. Write down what you're saying about yourself. And then in the right column, Read through the epistles. Read through the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to, to New Testament believers. Read through those, and every time you find something that he said in the epistles that you are, write that down. Then compare left and right columns. And every time you find something in the left column that contradicts what's in the right column, you have to remove that from your vocabulary. You have to quit saying that. Well, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm stupid. Find me that in, in the epistles. If you can't find it in the epistles, then it has to go. You got to get that out of your out of your vocabulary. You know, well, I'm, and and, and here, there's a lot of them that even sound religious. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Find that in the epistles. If you can find it in the epistles, you can keep saying it. If you can't, you gotta you gotta scrap that out of your out of your thinking. You gotta scrap that out of your vocabulary. Paul didn't say you're a sinner saved by grace. He said you are the righteousness of God in Christ. It contradicts that. See, now I'm going to challenge all of you today to do that. Begin to, begin to make that list and compare what am I saying, how does that compare to, see, I, now I've, I'm approaching this from the position that I have established that God's right. God's Word is right. So, yeah, I know that's what it says, but this is the way I am. Okay? You've just told me you haven't established that yet. You haven't decided God's right yet. Well, I, yeah, I, I, know, I know that Scripture, but you've just told me you have not established that God's right. Anytime you say, well, I know the Bible says this, but you have established 
that you have not established that God's right yet. So, I, I challenge you to, to make that list. And if you'll begin to, to, to do what I'm saying here, you'll begin to realize that, that you're, you're changing. Things, things will start to change for you. I promise things will start to change for you. Praise God. Ephesians 2 verse 1, you he made alive. Who were dead, who were dead. You he made alive, who were dead. Now you got to pay attention. You got to pay attention here because sometimes Paul says, this is what you were. Now, this is what you are. Pay attention. Did he, the, the tense, did he say you were this? Did he say that unbelievers are this? Or, or, or did he say this is what you are? In Christ. You got to find out is he talking about somebody that's in Christ or is he talking about the way you used to be before you were in Christ? What, what's he talking about? See, you can't just casually read through the Bible, blah, 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 read through, and you know, and then you get down and you don't even remember anything you read. It's better to read one verse and dig out the truth than it is to read the whole Bible. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 5. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. How have you been saved? By what? By grace. You have been saved. Is salvation something you're trying to attain or is it something you have attained? If you have received the grace of God, by grace you have been saved. And you were dead, but he made you alive. Praise God. Praise God. So, what, what can you con con conclude from that statement? You were dead, but he made you alive. You can conclude that what you used to be no longer exists. Praise God. So, if what you used to be no longer exists, why then... Would you conduct yourself according to the habits and the practices of what you used to be? You don't have to satisfy that dead guy anymore. Praise God. Praise God. You know, so many people live their lives trying to satisfy a dead guy. You know, trying, trying to... Uh, appease the flesh you were but now you are praise God you were dead in trespasses and sins but now you have been made alive praise God now the word dead and the word alive those two words they're opposites of one another Dead means that you have been separated. You know, when a person dies physically, they don't cease to exist. They actually become separated from this life. They become separated from the, the, uh, the life and activities 
on this planet. They become separated from that. But when a person is alive, then they become joined to that. All right, so let's read that with that, that kind of an understanding. You who were dead, what were you separated from when you were dead? You were separated from God, right? But now he has made you alive unto God. Now, a person who has died physically, they no longer have the ability to impact this life. You know, we, we can bring them in here in a casket and we can do their funeral. But that, that guy laying in the casket, he has no ability to affect life here on this earth any longer. You know, we can turn out the lights. We can turn off the air conditioner. And it can be 105 in here. And we can go home and he won't care. You know, and it, it won't matter to him one bit. Won't care at all. Uh, because he is separated from this life. You see, what's, what's laying there in the casket is his body. But he's not in it anymore. He's become separated from it. So it says, you were dead in trespasses and sins, separated from God, but now he has made you alive unto God. But to be alive unto God means that you have been separated from that old man that you used to be. Praise God. Praise God. So why do we live our lives trying to appease and satisfy this old man that we used to be. See, why, why are we doing that? Because the old man that you used to be, he's never going to be satisfied anyway. Because it doesn't matter. He's gone. Hallelujah. So live your life as one who has been joined to the Lord. Praise God. Even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 13. And you, being dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all the trespasses. Praise God. So are you getting a picture of who you were versus who you are? Praise God. Praise God. See, we don't want to focus in and, 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 and uh, you know, I, I made this decision a long time ago. I'll talk about my troubles only as it relates to my victory in Christ. You see, I don't like to talk about my troubles. I'm not going to talk about the problems I have unless it helps you understand the victory I have in Christ. Praise God. The Apostle Paul, you know, when, when he talked about the things that he suffered in this life, he wasn't saying that to to say, oh, look what a terrible hard time I've had. No, he said those things only as it relates to the victory he has in Christ. You know, I, I encourage you, you know, you will become the most positive person around if you'll make that decision. I, I don't need to tell everybody about my trouble except as it relates to the victory I have in Christ. Praise God. As it relates, as it gives testimony to the goodness of God. Praise God. You know, I, I've heard people, 
you know, I grew up in church where we had what we call testimony service, which is something like what we had today. Uh, but people would, you know, someone would get up and they would lead testimony service and they would come up on the platform and they would give a testimony about, you know, how good the Lord had been to them and that kind of thing. And then they would open it up and people would begin to stand up in their, you know, right right where they were in the in the auditorium, they would begin to stand up and they would begin to give a what they would call a testimony, but about half of them, I would say, that stood up only talked about how hard life had been. They only talked about how much trouble they had. They talked about how the devil was after them and how the devil had been lying to them. And I always think, well, if you know it's a lie, then why are you believing it? You know, but, but they would talk about how, how terrible and how difficult a time they had been having. And then at, at the last second, they'd say, you know, but I just want to give thanks to Jesus that, that, that I made it this long. You know, and you went away, testimony service. See, I like what happened here today. I like the fact that people, you know, um, were able to say, thank you, Jesus. This is what I was, but here's what I am. Hallelujah. Here's, here's what I went through, but thank God I went through. Thank God I'm not there. Thank God he delivered me from that. Thank God that... that uh, Jesus has changed my life. That, that's, what, that's what we need to hear. That's what, uh, uh, that's what testimony service was meant to be. You know, kind of got away from that, but, but that's what it was meant to be. It was meant to be giving glory to God for the fact that he changed things for you. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I lost my place here. Ah, oh, here we go. Here we go. It says, you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 13, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 See, we read those three verses, chapter 2, verse 1, chapter 2, verse 5, Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. We read those talking about who you were, but now, get at this, you have a new identity. Praise God. You've got a new identity. Praise God. Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Hallelujah. Now, see, that goes on the, on the right side, the right column. Praise God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Some translations say that like this. I live by the faith of the Son of God. And I, I, I believe that's, that's more accurate. I live by the faith of the Son of God. A better translation. I don't just live by faith in him. I do have faith in him. But... It's more than just having faith in him, but it is actually tapping into his faith. Now, see, how, how does that make a difference? And as you begin to study these things out and begin to build your list, you see, revelation begins to come into your heart. And you begin to see, I have the faith of God, the faith of the Son of God. Praise God. Now, 
What does that mean? That means, you know, do I have enough faith? The, the, the word that, that I gave this morning about someone that had had a hysterectomy that wanted to have a baby. Now, I don't have enough faith for that. For that. I'll tell you right now, I don't have enough faith for that. I, but, but see, here's the thing. I don't live by how much faith I have. I live by his faith. Praise God. Does he have enough faith for that? Well, let me tell you. Remember when they came to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? Peter drew out his sword and he cut off the high priest's servant's ear. Jesus put the ear back on. There may be body parts that are missing, but if you live by your faith, forget it. What I just said was the most foolish, idiotic thing that I could have ever said. But I live by the faith of the Son of God. He's got enough faith to put ears back on. He's got enough faith to cause a 90-year-old woman to conceive and bear a child. He's got enough faith to cause a virgin to conceive and bear a child. He's got enough faith to call to a man that's been in the grave for four days and say, Lazarus, come forth. You see, if I'm living by my faith, None of those things. I, I, I wouldn't do none of those things. But if I live by the faith of the Son of God, His faith empowered Him to walk on water. His faith empowered Him to turn water into wine. His faith empowered him to take five loaves and two fish and feed a multitude of approximately 20,000 people. You see, I live, I'd much rather live by the faith of the Son of God than faith in the Son of God. Praise God. Live by his faith. My faith, in, even in the Son of God, my faith is not enough. But I don't live by his faith or by, by my faith in him. I live by his faith. Praise God. There are some days that I wake up, and if I live by my faith, I'm not saved. Anybody, anybody with me on that? You wake up some days, and if it's by your faith, you're not even saved. But if you live by his faith... Praise God. Hallelujah. You were saved, you are saved, and you will be saved. Praise God. Praise God. Because it is a, a never-ending supply. It is a continual flow of His salvation. Praise God. Praise God. You have a new identity. I have been crucified with Christ. Who's he talking about? That old man you used to be. He was crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by, and I'm going to go ahead and say this the way some translations say it, because I believe this is the accurate way to say it. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 13. Remember, I've got a new identity. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. My old identity, I was far off. My new identity, I've been brought near. 
Praise God. I choose the new identity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's some people that struggle all the time with their identity, who they are. This is why it's important if you make that list that we talked about because this, this list talks about what your identity was or what you may think is your identity versus what God says your identity is. Praise God. Praise God. Some people are identifying as things that God said you, you know, you're not. That's not who you are. That is not what I made you to be. That is not what the new creation is all about. And people are identifying as that. Praise God. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Ephesians 5, verse number 8. For you were once darkness, and now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Praise God. So, see, here's the thing. If you're walking according to that old identity, you haven't settled that God's right because I just shared with you what God said about you. And for you to say, but this is what I am, you're saying, God, you're wrong about that. God, you're, you're wrong about that. This is who I am. You know, I hear people say, well, that's just the way I am. And what that actually means is you don't believe what God said you are. You haven't settled the issue that God's right. You see, sometimes we think it's humble to put ourselves down. We, we think it's humility to say, well, that's the way I am. We think it's humility to talk about, you know, what we used to be as though we still are. We think that's, that's humility. But really, that is the epitome of arrogance because you are saying, I know better than God. Oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. But God said you're the righteousness of God. Yeah, but, you know, I still sin. So, therefore, I'm right and God's wrong. Really? I mean, that's what you said. You said, I am right because God said you are righteous. He said you have been justified. He said you are, well, oh, I'm no saint. Really? He said you are. He called you saint. So, I'm no saint. God's wrong. I'm right. Mom, we're being a little nitpicky here today, but sometimes you have to be nitpicky to change your thinking. Sometimes you have to be nitpicky to bring to your attention what, what has to change. Praise God. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 5. For you once, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. I'm going to close with these two right here real quick. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. See, you have an inheritance with Christ. 
Praise God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 6. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. See, Gentile, but now you've been made a fellow heir with him. You are, um, he says, that, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. Praise God. Now, we're going to go on with this next week. But, you know, let's begin to look, let's, let's start getting nitpicky to change our thinking. Because honestly, sometimes our thinking, you know, thinking, thinking. Sometimes our thinking keeps us messed up. Hallelujah. Elijah, what you got? What we were talking about this morning, yeah. Praise God. Praise God. You know, we got to get our thinking aligned with what? Now, how do you get your thinking lined up? Get your speaking lined up. Get your speaking lined up. You see, you start saying things you don't even believe. Because when you start hearing yourself speaking it, then you start, you, you know, anybody heard, well, the, this, this person, well, they've been saying that so long, they're starting to believe it. We've all heard people say that. Well, they've been saying that for so long, they're starting to believe it. That's, that's what we're talking about. Start saying it so long, you start to believe it. Praise God. Let's get you thinking corrected. Praise God. God's right. He has a right. Now, let's find out what he said that he's right about. Praise God. Father, we thank you today. Your word is spirit and life to us. And Father, we just rejoice in that today. Now, if you're listening to me today, and you have never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. This is something else God is right about. This is something else the Word of God is right about. That no one comes to the Father except by Jesus. No one. This is something else He's right about. You must be born again. Something else He's right about. You know. That Jesus paid for all of your sins. All of them. It's all been done. But you have to choose to receive and accept what he's done. How do you do that? That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He's right about that. Praise God. So, I want to lead you in a prayer right now. I'd like everyone to pray this with me. If you pray this and you believe this with your heart, then God's Word says you are saved. You may say, well, how could just saying a few words, how could that save me? Well, that's another thing God's right about. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, let's say this together. Say, God in heaven... I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, that he paid for all of my sins, and then he rose from the dead so I could have new life. And today, I choose Jesus to be my Lord, my Savior, and I put my trust in what you said. I receive Jesus as my Savior right now. And according to your word, and I do believe you are right, I am saved. Thank you for saving me. 
from this day forward, I want to know you. Teach me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, according to God's word, you are saved. If you're watching online, select the, the button that says, I choose Jesus. And download my book there, I Choose Jesus. It's a free download, and the purpose of it is to help you know what happened to you and what to do from, from here on out, how to proceed. And if you're in this room today, and you pray that prayer first time, in the back of the seat in front of you, there's a blue card, and there's a place on there that says, I Choose Jesus. Check that hand it to us or leave it in the seat where you're sitting when you leave today. Praise God. And I want to welcome you to the family of God. Praise God. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love with you.